today we'll have a conversation around praying with the holy spirit and um we'll not just have a conversation i want to believe by the end of this time that we will have time to exercise what we learned and i believe the holy spirit will come and um he will do what he wants to do in our midst how many of you are hungry for god the bible says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness what will happen to them they shall be filled let's open our bibles in the book of first john chapter 5 verse 14 to 15 in the amplified version and while we do that i want to thank pastor davis and the leadership of the church for allowing me to stand on this platform my spiritual father always told me any time a man gives you his platform he has given you his many years of labor I know a lot of labor in the spirit has gone on to make this be what it is today. And secondly, I want to thank my wife Elizabeth, my prayer partner. Can you stand and wave to us? All right. You may take your seat. I like it when we read the Bible together. I will not read many scriptures. So we have time to read together. So let's read verse 14 first in the amplified. Let's go. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. Verse 15, it says, And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the requests which we have asked of him. Let's go back to verse 14. Verse 14 says, this is the remarkable degree of confidence. The King James Version says, this is a confidence. The Amplified says, it's a degree of confidence. When I was reading that, it took me back to my military days, because the military defines morale as the degree of confidence confidence in the mind of a person when they join a group and they work hard to achieve that group's aims and objectives. The Bible says this is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers have. It's not a confidence we will have. It's a confidence we have. And it says, if we ask anything according to his will, 
We all know that a will is a legal document. It's activated when the writer dies. It says that is consistent with his plan and purpose. He hears us. There are three things I want to say there. One is that our confidence is in praying according to his will and it's not just a will which we pluck from the word and place before him. It is a will that has been given by divine revelation. There are two things the Bible mentions there. His plan and his purpose. The will of God will be manifested if we pray in his plan and if we pray in his purpose. The will of God is divided into purpose and time. God said to Abraham, the children of Israel will be in Egypt for 400 years. Then after that, he will come and rescue them. They cried up to God for 400 years. God said nothing. God did nothing. Until when the time for his purpose was right. And sometimes... You know, because we may be scared into prayer by things happening around us, we are quick to cry before time and pray because of fear. I've not been in church for a long time, but I know when bad things are happening, that's when the prayer meeting is full. And sometimes it's driven by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's driven by people's fear. And when you hear people praying, you will just pray. Some will pray in the Spirit. Some people out of fear will give gold ultimatums in their prayer. Lord, if you do nothing, I don't know what I will do. So what? Some, some people pray prayers like, Lord, we are in danger. Just praying in the, the fear of the flesh will drive you to pray prayers that are carnal. It's very easy to find yourself praying because of fear or because you are going through a challenge. Very soon I will show you what to do when you face a challenge. I know the Bible says if any man in, is in trouble, they should pray. But how should we pray? But the, when we pray, God wants us to pray in tandem with his word, his plan, and his timing. Just because you quote the scripture does not mean God will do something. Have you ever tried that? And you tell God, God, your word says, it is written here. You got to do it because this is what you say. 
and you pray with a lot of vigor and try to fix God and God does nothing. And then you go home mad with God. Because you quoted his scripture to him and nothing happened. Let me tell you something. God works with the times and seasons. And the only way we can begin to pray lesser accurate prayers. Now beating around the bush is when we learn to pray with the spirit. Mark my words, I didn't say praying in the spirit. Because sometimes you can be in the spirit and still your mind is in charge. It's showing you things to pray for. And the only evidence that you are in the spirit is that you are speaking in tongues, but the mind is speaking to you something else. And that leads you to flow in a different direction from the spirit of the living God. But when you begin to pray with the spirit, you begin to flow with the spirit. You begin to understand the timing of God, the purpose of God, and the will of God for your life, for your nation, for the nations at the time you are praying. And therefore, God, by his spirit, begins to do certain things that I will share with you shortly in your prayer time. It says we have confidence that if we ask, then he hears us. God hears nothing outside of his presence. I'll repeat again. God hears nothing outside of his presence. Because He is in the realm of eternity. He is in the realm of the spirit. When you speak to God in the flesh, and in the realm of the flesh, the Lord will not hear. He is spirit. And those who seek him must seek him in truth, the word, and in the spirit. The most important thing in prayer is not the agenda you have, but is to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is a level of depth of the Holy Spirit that God himself has to draw you into himself. You know, I got born again some time back in 1991. And those days we believed you can storm heaven. I mean, we were radical people. I mean, those groups, we even used to have Pastor Ted, Jesus terrorists from those areas of Mwingi and Kitui. They would meet with you, are you born again? You say no. They say that's a demon, kneel down. We used to believe 
just because you are born again, you just go and storm heaven into the presence of God and just say things and report the devil. Songs like Shetani Takusema Kwa Baba. We had these twisted ideas of how the kingdom of God works. But God himself draws you into his presence. Because in his presence, he hears you. He hears you. Let's read the book of Psalms 80, verse 18. In King James Version, not the New King James Version, the KJV. He says, so we will not go back from thee, quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. Psalms 91 verse 1, the Amplified Version says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. God quickens us. And God desires for us first to dwell in his presence. If God hears you in his presence and his, his power is manifested in his presence... And his word becomes alive in his presence. Logos becomes Rema by the Holy Spirit in his presence. Then he says in Psalms 91 verse 1, He who does what? Not he who visits on Sunday. Or not he who goes there during a worship service. He that dwelleth. There's something about dwellers. They familiarize themselves with the environment. Visitors just wonder about the environment. Every time I visit Moshe, Tanzania, I keep gazing at Mount Kilimanjaro. But you know, the Chagas have been there for years. Although they tell us the first man to see Mount Kilimanjaro was a white man. It's probably right. Those guys never look out to the mountain anymore. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. If you want to learn to pray with the Holy Spirit, it's good to familiarize yourself with being in the presence of God all the time. I grew up as a child being a critic of the Christian faith. And it it was not because of things I saw outside. It's because of things I saw in church. People talking about love on Sunday and hating from Monday to Friday. And Saturday repenting to go to church on Sunday. And I used to tell my mother as a young boy that I think this whole thing is fake. And sometimes she would even beat me up. Because I would tell her, how how comes you guys are teaching love in church and hating at home? 
that almost damaged me as a child. You see, if you are a parent and you are here, the most damaging thing you can do to your kid is to show them one life in church on Sunday and another life at home. God wants us to dwell there. God wants us to be in the, in the, in the mood of worship, in the mood of prayer. God wants us to be available to him 24-7. He says, he that dwells in the secret place, the presence of God, of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. You know why we get scared? Anytime you get scared is an indication you are not in the presence of God. It's true. It's true. You are not in the realm of the spirit. Because things are different in the realm of the spirit. I want to show you some prayers here. There are some guys here. There's Elisha and Gehazi. And Elisha is in the spirit. He can see both the enemy and the friendly forces in the spirit. But Gehazi in the flesh can see the surrounding army. If you are to tell those two people to pray, one will pray like, Oh God, we don't know where to go. We are surrounded. Move now. If you told Elisha to pray, he would say, Thank you, Father. We can see that they that be with us are more than they. We thank you for the victory before it happens. Well, we know Jesus was sleeping in the boat. But even in his sleep, he was in the spiritual realm. The disciples were not. Just because you are a child of God does not mean you are 24-7 in the presence. You have to be deliberate about being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And they see waves and storms. You can catch yourself acting in the flesh by how you react to circumstances and news and people and things. And the disciples decide to wake up Jesus. like the way they do it in King James. They say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Those guys perish. <laughs> There's a term they used to say in the military, unafariki kabla ujakufa. Those guys had already perished before they sank. They saw it coming. They internalized it because they were in the flesh and they said, I'm done. How many of you have ever seen your business closing before it closes? How many times have you died in your head? Like, Jesus, I'm dying. 
I like li- listening to my heart about prayers I used to pray. You go to God in Swahili and tell him, Mungu sina mbele wala nyuma. How comes? The Holy Spirit is your leader, is your guide. He will lead and guide you into all the truth and then you go to the Father. Just want to look religiously, right? Mungu sina mbele wala nyuma. Kuja mwenyewe usitumane. Interesting. Such prayers we pray when we are scared. When we are not sure and confident in the presence of God that there is no power of the enemy that can really get you. If you ever go to a meeting and someone tells you, I want to pray for you because someone is trying to bewitch you, walk out of the meeting. I don't need prayer about witch doctors and wizards and whatever witchcraft there is. No power of four can withstand the presence of God. The devil can really keep you busy binding demons, chasing things around. Until you forget the ultimate purpose for your life. When you are in the presence of God, you are dangerous. You feel bigger than your size. Because the power of the highest is rested upon you. All you need to do is to dwell there. When I started to do small business, there was a brother we, we were close by. He was born again too. And he was selling some sodas and some cakes. And people would take bottles from him and they would not return. And his business was really doing bad. And I've, I, I have repented to God for listening to his prayer. But I heard him pray something like, Mungu hata kama hata nilipa soda wanirudishie chupa. How can you surrender so easily? When you're in the presence you say I want both the money and the bottles. You know, prayer is not just the activity. It's where you are praying from. It's the atmosphere you are praying from. And sometimes we, we, we forget that easily and jump into our flesh and begin to call on God. And we pray amiss. Anytime we pray without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we are struggling in the flesh. The Lord invites you into his presence. He quickens you into his presence. But there's something we need to learn. Anytime God brings you into his presence, don't become an opportunist. Just get all the needs you have and throw them at God. 
God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Goodbye. When God brings you into his presence, the key to remaining in his presence is resting. Being still in his presence. Just resting in his presence. Listening to him. I want you to imagine if you have a son or a daughter. And they are just about to go to school. And you show up in the house and that child just comes and tells you, Dad, I know you were paid last week. I need A, B, C, D. Thank you. Goodbye. And when you show up again, the following time they tell you, Dad, I know. I want to remind you what I need. And they tell you, goodbye. Before you even answer. Do you know, if that continues, the child might be asking you for something you have already done. Is it possible that you will want to tell them, I already bought, but they had no time to listen to you? Because they were not relaxed and rested in your presence? You know, prayer was not initially intended in the kingdom to be a begging program. Prayer was intended to be a communion with God. It's a fellowship with God. In his presence, you make your request known to him. He also makes his requests known to you. It's a communion. And it's impossible to have communion with God without the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it is impossible to have the leading without the presence. And it is not possible to dwell in the presence if you are not rested in him. There is power in resting in the presence of God. It's very powerful. Psalms chapter 40 verse 1, the amplified classic. I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord. It doesn't say I prayed. I just waited If he did patiently, it means the Lord might have taken time. It takes some patience to wait on the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. And this is what the Lord did. He drew me up out of a horrible pit, a pit of tumult, and of destruction out of the miry clay, froth and slime, and set my feet up on a rock, steadying my steps and establishing my goings. What did he do, verse 1? He patiently waited. Let's read that verse together. It says, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me, And heard my cry. 
He didn't just answer because he cried. He answered because after crying, he waited patiently. This was not a takeaway experience, a drive-through experience. This was a man who knew how to wait on the Lord. He was still before his presence. He listened for the, for the voice of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit heard his cry. We read the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. Can we read together? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. 29. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who has no might, he increases power. Let's continue. Even the youths grow weary and tired and vigorous. Young men stumble badly. Verse 31. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. That should be your prayer life. That should be your life in the presence of God. When trouble comes, it becomes a means of transport to a higher ground. You just relax. This is what an eagle does. When the winds become strong, it goes high and just relaxes. It stops flapping them. It just lets the wind lift it high. It's the wisdom of the eagle. And the Bible says, Those that wait on the Lord. Will mount up with wings like an eagle. Let me ask you a question. When was your life transformed most? When you went through trouble or when you went through good times? Through trouble? Can you try to interpret what happened? Because if trouble transformed you and good times didn't transform you, what was happening in trouble? Trouble takes away your strength in the flesh. It focuses your mind and the spirit to the ability of God. 
And the more you trust on God, the more you mount up with those wings. I don't know. I don't think it's in this church. But we are raising a crop of believers who fear trouble. I can blame them. We sang Amenyokwanisipate. Jesus said, in this world you will have many. They come in plural. And, and he said, but take heart. Because your safety is in me and I have overcome the world. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of who? Asina. But the Lord delivers him from some of them. He delivers him from them. So anytime you see trouble coming, it's deliverance clothed inside out. It's power disguised. It's an opportunity to raise higher and keep yourself in the realm of the spirit. And more, the more the winds of, of opposition come, the more the lifting. Because God will never allow you to be tempted beyond the point you can resist. So when you see a trial, say, thank you God, I can resist this one. It's my match. It doesn't look like that in the flesh. But in the spirit, it's measured. It's predetermined that this will not put you down. Those who wait upon the Lord. Those who relax in the presence of God. I'm relaxed about fuel prices. I'm not going to buy a small car. I want a bigger one. You know why? Even if I was to reason in the flesh... The cost of one liter of beer is not equal to the cost of one liter of oil, of petrol. And there are people who drink and drive. So, what? what's all this talk about fuel prices, food prices, all that? It's, it's, it's fear in the flesh. He Kenya wapi? You know, the devil keeps throwing words at you. I'll tell you something about the enemy we fight with. He has no weapons. He was disarmed, according to the word of God. He uses what you have. If you read Colossians 2, from verse 13, it says, And you, when you were dead in the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened you together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out every handwriting that was contrary to you, which was against you, and nailed them on the cross. And I like the following verse. It says, and having done that, he made a public spectacle. Go and read the Swahili translation. You really laugh at the devil because it says, Alizifetehesha, yani alizifanyia madharao. On the cross. So the devil uses the weapons you have. Your thoughts, your words, your actions, 
and he creates a window of things to bring a certain belief system in you. That's why the Bible says after you put on the whole armor of God, you have to be able to stand so that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the clever tricks of the enemy. He picks what you have. He is powerless. God has not given us fear. God has given us the spirit of power of love and of sound mind. I will say this, friends. That let's not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. If you pray and dwell in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit will show you things you never knew. He will walk with you. He will take you places. He will give you prayer assignments. When I, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the first thing I really was desirous of was the all-night prayer meeting. And I struggled in the flesh for years. But God saw my desire. And one day, I, I mean, I was, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. You, know, you, can, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and your mind can still wander. That was me. But one day, the Holy Spirit said, I will teach you something so that you stop struggling. Because by midnight, I was looking forward for the tea time. I would be so tired. You know, you would dance for four hours, pray for 30 minutes, the preacher comes for two hours. I mean, it was an all-night meeting, not prayer meeting. Prayer was like three or four hours. But we would still struggle. Then we were given very carnal tactics. And they are good. Because we are in the flat, we live in this physical body. At all, if you feel like sleeping, wake up and walk. And you know, it can be difficult if you are walking to keep yourself awake and be in the spirit at the same time and get the revelation of the will of God and pray. All those things are impossible to achieve. And so sometime in the year 1996, April 20th, after God had told me that he will help me because he saw my desire to pray, one pastor we served in the military with was lucky to own a, a Great Wall TV. Some of, some of you don't know what that is. The black and white thing that had no heavy input. You had to hang wires from, from your VHS and get video in. And so one night after having dinner, he said, there's a video I want you to watch about the Holy Spirit. 
eyes. He said, really? Let's watch. Holy Spirit, what? You know, we knew spirit is limited to tongues. We didn't even know the Holy Spirit can give you business ideas. We were all, if you, if you told someone you are saved, the next question was, are you filled? Do you speak in tongues? But that's where we were stuck at. Those two are very good, but you see, we never went beyond that. So when he said, teaching about the Holy Spirit, I said, now, okay, we'll come. So at around 8 p.m., we came in and he hooked up his Great Wall TV. It was those black and white small TVs. But he was lucky enough to have the other screen, the blue, red, whatever, to cheat the color. So it was somewhere between black and white and colored. Not really fully colored, something like that. On his, in, his, in his small room, there was a small bed where one of his children used to sleep. And so we were six of us, grown men, all men. And he put on the teaching of the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit. It was long. It was around one and a half hours to two hours of teaching. And we started watching about the Holy Spirit, teaching about the Holy Spirit, teaching about very sound biblical verses, how the Holy Spirit will lead you, how the Holy Spirit will be with you. Something that really sounded not possible then. In 1996, the Holy Spirit was a preserve for the pastors because they are the ones who needed to be used. They were supposed to be players. We were supposed to be spectators. They were supposed to heal. We were not in our thinking. And so the teaching was so bare, but it was also very powerful in that by around one hour, 15 minutes, you, you see, you could see the whole thing counting on, on screen. We couldn't see the screen properly, and we thought it's the video. So he went and adjusted it. We could hear the voice. We could see the screen again, but in five minutes, the whole thing became like a bright, wide, wide light, like filling the whole wall. We were like, what's happening? In that wonder, we started to speak in tongues. When we woke up later at around 3.30 a.m., we realized that we had all the six men been taken under that bed. We were stuck there and we were defeated. We were not hurting. And all three were on top of three. And we couldn't understand what happened. We were naive. Christians. I, I was still like four, five years old in the faith. And so we decided to get out of under the bed. We crawled out. But then we started speaking in tongues and we all spread on that room 
until the following day at 11. Something happened. A transformation happened in our prayer lives. It was so good, we didn't want to leave. So every night, we believed that the Holy Spirit must be in that room. You see, the folly of the flesh is that when you have an experience somewhere, you want to make a shrine out of it. So every night we started going there. A good thing happened. God didn't chide us for our ignorance. But we started praying and we realized every time we lifted our hands to pray, the Holy Spirit will come and we'll begin to be led by the Spirit. And the more we prayed in the spirit, the lesser our prayer requests became. The more the Holy Spirit taught us what to pray for. He would tell us to pray for places we have never been, names we have never heard, countries we've never been to or even knew existed. And the Holy Spirit began walking with us. He kept walking with us. And people started coming in to pray in that room. It was a small room in a double-roomed house. It was somewhere in Kayole. It's a small area in the ghetto. And the Holy Spirit started working in our lives. More people started coming. More people started being filled. More people started praying with liberty. We had to move it to a church. And we took it to church. The most difficult thing for us while praying in the spirit was to stop praying, not to start. You see, in the spirit, you can't start praying. You join the Holy Spirit. Because he's always praying. He's always in the city. There are two things that the Holy Spirit is doing. He is interceding for us. He's leading and guiding us. So he's always searching on our behalf. And Jesus is also praying. So when you pray in the spirit, with the spirit, you are joining with Jesus and the Holy Spirit to pray for kingdom agenda. Romans chapter 8. Just help me. It's just coming up. Romans chapter 8. Verse 26. And verse 27. Just try and get it. If the Holy Spirit is praying and Jesus is praying, what are they praying for? What's their prayer agenda? Have you ever imagined what, what is the Holy Spirit praying for? What's, what's Jesus praying for? Our selfish attitude can drive us to believe he is praying or they are praying just for our needs. My job, my cows, 
my business, my children, everything. My, my, my. It says, Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weaknesses. This is our weaknesses defined. What is our weaknesses? We used to believe before then that our weakness was knowing how to pray. God is not interested with the style. It's not the how. He says, for we do not know what prayer to offer. Or how to offer it as we should. But the spirit himself knows our need. And at the right time, intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. So what is our weakness? What to pray for? The object of prayer, the content of prayer. And the timing of that prayer. Holy Spirit is praying for us because we are weak. Our weakness defined is we do not know what. Somebody say what to pray for. What to pray for. You know why we can't pray even for one hour? It's not because we are not strong in the physical. People watch soccer. Do you know if that continues, the child might be asking you for something you have already done. Is it possible that you will want to tell them I already bought, but they had no time to listen to you because they were not relaxed and rested in your presence? You know, prayer was not initially intended in the kingdom to be a begging program. Prayer was intended to be a communion with God. It's a fellowship with God. In his presence, you make your request known to him. He also makes his requests known to you. It's a communion. And it's impossible to have communion with God without the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it is impossible to have the leading without the presence. And it is not possible to dwell in the presence if you are not rested in him. There is power in resting in the presence of God. It's very powerful. Psalms chapter 40 verse 1, the amplified classic. I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord. It doesn't say I prayed. I just waited if he did 
patiently, it means the Lord might have taken time. It takes some patience to wait on the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. And this is what the Lord did. He drew me up out of a horrible pit, a pit of tumult and of destruction, out of the miry clay, froth and slime, and set my feet up on a rock, steadying my steps and establishing my goings. What did he do, verse 1? He patiently waited. Let's read that verse together. It says, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He didn't just answer because he cried. He answered because after crying, he waited patiently. This was not a takeaway experience, a drive-through experience. This was a man who knew how to wait on the Lord. He was still before his presence. He listened for the, for the voice of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit heard his cry. We read the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. Can we read together? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. 29. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who has no might, he increases power. Let's continue. Even the youths grow weary and tired and vigorous. Young men stumble badly. Verse 31. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. That should be your prayer life. That should be your life in the presence of God. When trouble comes, it becomes a means of transport to a higher ground. You just relax. This is what an eagle does. When the winds become strong, it goes high and just relaxes. It stops flapping them. It just lets the wind lift it high. It's the wisdom of the eagle. The Bible says, 
Those that wait on the Lord. Will mount up with wings like an eagle. Let me ask you a question. When was your life transformed most? When you went through trouble or when you went through good times? Through trouble? Can you try to interpret what happened? Because if trouble transformed you and good times didn't transform you, what was happening in trouble? Trouble takes away your strength in the flesh. It focuses your mind and the spirit to the ability of God. And the more you trust on God, the more you mount up with those wings. I don't know. I don't think it's in this church. But we are raising a crop of believers who fear trouble. I can blame them. We sang Jesus said in this world you will have many. They come in plural. And, and he said but take heart. Because your safety is in me and I have overcome the world. The Bible says many are the afflictions of who? Asina. But the Lord delivers him from some of them. He delivers him from them. So anytime you see trouble coming, it's deliverance clothed inside out. It's power disguised. It's an opportunity to raise higher and keep yourself in the realm of the spirit. And more, the more the winds of, of opposition come, the more the lifting. Because God will never allow you to be tempted beyond the point you can resist. So when you see a trial, say, thank you God, I can resist this one. It's my match. It doesn't look like that in the flesh. But in the spirit, it's measured. It's predetermined that this will not put you down. Those who wait upon the Lord. Those who relax in the presence of God. I'm relaxed about fuel prices. I'm not going to buy a small car. I want a bigger one. You know why? Even if I was to reason in the flesh... The cost of one liter of beer is not equal to the cost of one liter of oil, of petrol. And there are people who drink and drive. So, well, what's all this talk about fuel prices, food prices, all that? It's, it's, it's fear in the flesh. Fair. 
You know, the devil keeps throwing words at you. I'll tell you something about the enemy we fight with. He has no weapons. He was disarmed, according to the word of God. He uses what you have. If you read Colossians 2, from verse 13, it says, And you, when you were dead in the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened you together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out every handwriting that was contrary to you, which was against you, and nailed them on the cross. And I like the following verse. It says, And having done that, he made a public spectacle. Go and read the Swahili translation. You really laugh at the devil because it says, Alizifethehesha, yani alizifanyia madharao. On the cross. So the devil uses the weapons you have. Your thoughts, your words, your actions. And he creates a window of things to bring a certain belief system in you. That's why the Bible says after you put on the whole armor of God, you have to be able to stand. So that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the clever tricks of the enemy. He picks what you have. He is powerless. God has not given us fear. God has given us the spirit of power of love and of sound mind. I will say this, friends. That let's not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. If you pray and dwell in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit will show you things you never knew. He will walk with you. He will take you places. He will give you prayer assignments. When I, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the first thing I really was desirous of was the all-night prayer meeting. And I struggled in the flesh for years. But God saw my desire. And one day, I, I mean, I was, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. You, know, you, can, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and your mind can still wander. That was me. But one day, the Holy Spirit said, I will teach you something so that you stop struggling. Because by midnight, I was looking forward for the tea time. I would be so tired. You know, you would dance for four hours, pray for 30 minutes. The preacher comes for two hours. I mean, it was an all-night Meeting, not prayer meeting. Prayer was like three or four hours. But we would still struggle. Then we were given very carnal tactics. And they are good because we are in the flat. We live in this physical body. We are told if you feel like sleeping, wake up and walk. And you know, it can be difficult if you are walking to keep yourself awake. And be in the spirit at the same time and get the revelation of the will of God and pray. All those things are impossible to achieve. 
And so sometime in the year 1996, April 20th, after God had told me that he will help me because he saw my desire to pray, one pastor we served in the military with was lucky to own a, a Great Wall TV. Some of, some of you don't know what that is. The black and white thing that had no heavy input. You had to hang wires from, from your VHS and get video in. And so one night after having dinner, he said, there's a video I want you to watch about the Holy Spirit. He said, really? Let's watch. The Holy Spirit, what? You know, we knew spirit is limited to tongues. We didn't even know the Holy Spirit can give you business ideas. We were all, if you, if you told someone you are saved, the next question was, are you filled? Do you speak in tongues? But that's where we were stuck at. Those two are very good, but you see, we never went beyond that. So when he said, teaching about the Holy Spirit, I said, now, okay, we'll come. So, at around 8 p.m., we came in and he hooked up his Great Wall TV. It was those black and white small TVs, but he was lucky enough to have the other screen, the blue, red, whatever, to cheat the color. So, it was somewhere between black and white and colored, uh, not really fully colored, something like that. On his, in, his, in his small room, there was a small bed where one of his children used to sleep. And so we were six of us, grown men, all men. And he put on the teaching of the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit. It was long. It was around one and a half hours to two hours of teaching. And we started watching about the Holy Spirit, teaching about the Holy Spirit, teaching about very sound biblical verses, how the Holy Spirit will lead you, how the Holy Spirit will be with you. Something that really sounded not possible then. In 1996, the Holy Spirit was a preserve for the pastors because they are the ones who needed to be used. They were supposed to be players. We were supposed to be spectators. They were supposed to heal. We were not in our thinking. And so the teaching was so bare, but it was also very powerful. In that, by around one hour, 15 minutes, you, you see, you could see the whole thing counting on, on screen. We couldn't see the screen properly, and we thought it's the video. So he went and adjusted it. We could hear the voice. We could see the screen again, but in five minutes... The whole thing became like a bright, wide, wide light, like filling the whole wall. You were like, 
What's happening? In that wonder, we started to speak in tongues. When we woke up later at around 3.30 a.m., we realized that we had all the six men being taken under that bed. We were stuck there and we were defeated. We were not hurting. And all three were on top of three. And we couldn't understand what happened. We were naive Christians. I, I was still like four, five years old in the faith. And so we decided to get out of under the bed. We crawled out. But then we started speaking in tongues. And we all spread on that room until the following day at 11. Something happened. A transformation happened in our prayer lives. It was so good, we didn't want to leave. So every night, we believed the Holy Spirit must be in that room. You see, the folly of the flesh is that when you have an experience somewhere, you want to make a shrine out of it. So every night we started going there. A good thing happened. God didn't chide us for our ignorance. But we started praying and we realized every time we lifted our hands to pray, the Holy Spirit would come and we would begin to be led by the Spirit. And the more we prayed in the Spirit, the lesser our prayer requests became the more the Holy Spirit taught us what to pray for. He would tell us to pray for places we have never been, names we have never heard, countries we've never been to or even knew existed. And the Holy Spirit began walking with us. He kept walking with us. And people started coming in to pray in that room. It was a small room in a double-roomed house. It was somewhere in Kayole. It's a small area in the ghetto. And the Holy Spirit started working in our lives. More people started coming. More people started being filled. More people started praying with liberty. We had to move it to a church. And we took it to church. The most difficult thing for us while praying in the spirit was to stop praying, not to start. You see, in the spirit, you can't start praying. You join the Holy Spirit. Because he's always praying. He's always in the city. There are two things that the Holy Spirit is doing. He is interceding for us. He's leading and guiding us. So he's always searching on our behalf. And Jesus is also praying. So when you pray in the Spirit, with the Spirit, you are joining with Jesus and the Holy Spirit to pray for kingdom agenda. 
Romans chapter 8. Just help me. It's just coming up. Romans chapter 8. Verse 26. And verse 27. Just try and get it. If the Holy Spirit is praying and Jesus is praying, what are they praying for? What's their prayer agenda? Have you ever imagined what, what is the Holy Spirit praying for? What's, what's Jesus praying for? Our selfish attitude can drive us to believe he is praying or they are praying just for our needs. My job, my cows, my business, my children, everything. My, my, my. It says, Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weaknesses. This is our weaknesses defined. What is our weaknesses? We used to believe before then that our weakness was knowing how to pray. God is not interested with the style. It's not the how. He says, for we do not know what prayer to offer. Or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. So what is our weakness? What to pray for? The object of prayer, the content of prayer. And the timing of that prayer. The Holy Spirit is praying for us. Because we are weak. Our weakness defined is we do not know what. Somebody say what to pray for. What to pray for. You know why we can't pray even for one hour? It's not because we are not strong in the physical. People watch soccer. World Cup is coming in November. People watch soccer. But when it comes to prayer, they doze. That's why we avoid prayer. Because we are weak. And God knows we are weak. Why? Because if you pray for one hour and all you are doing is to repeat your prayer requests, you may recycle your prayer 20 times. You even don't know what you need. He knows what you need. He understands what you need. He will give you his agenda. I remember one time I was, when I was in the Navy and we, it was lunchtime. And we were just about to go, because no man knows the naval training school. We're just about to go to the other ranks' mess. I don't know why they call where people eat mess. 
I don't know whether you asked. <laughs> that we were just about to go to the mess to eat. So I picked up my plate and spoon, and before I left, the Holy Spirit told me, go back. And I sat on my bed, and he showed me clear vision of a man who had caught fire, and his family was sending an appeal for him to be prayed for. This guy was a white person, never seen him, never known him. Known him, never been to any country with white people then. But then I prayed for him, I prayed for him, prayed for him. And then after 30 minutes, the Holy Spirit said, now you can go and eat. I went and sat down after picking my food. And as I was eating, the TV was tuned to CNN and they were showing live news. Exactly what I was praying for. A few minutes ago. It's amazing. It's amazing. And the end. The news reporter said. The family is sending an appeal for prayer. So what happened? The family sent the appeal. The Holy Spirit picked the appeal. And he went looking for an available intercessor. And he dropped it. In his spirit. And I prayed. And since that time, I've had experiences like that. The Holy Spirit has shown me what to pray for. Not in the same manner, but through promptings. And sometimes, if you dwell in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you realize it flows like a river. You'll be praying for things, for people, and you never get tired. You never get tired because he's giving you the strength to perform his assignment. If you keep fueling your car, it will keep traveling the journey. Now the Holy Spirit gives you the agenda at this time and that is how the spirit of intercession is born. Intercessors are not necessarily people who can pray for five hours. They are simply people who are available to the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want us to exercise today, just to be available to the Holy Spirit. You're not trying to do anything. You're not trying to start your own thing within yourself. You're just being at rest. Yes, you have prayer needs this Sunday. I know some of you have need for healing, but I tell you something. If you rest in the Spirit of God, if you open up to the Holy Spirit, if you surrender to the Holy Spirit in the presence of God, He will take over your spirit. He will give you the strength. He will give you the agenda. And He will show you what you need to do and when you need to do it. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you the will of the Father so that you can pray with confidence. Confidence. Boldness. In the book of Acts, they prayed with boldness. 
I hear some people just say, Lord, we just want you. Really? Just? 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 Lord, we just want you to look into this and do your will. Just? Is it that simple? You all pray with confidence because the Holy Spirit is in you. You are standing in God's presence and God is leading you. When he shows you someone that needs to be healed, you say be healed in the name of Jesus. You don't just say, Lord, if you just want them to be healed. He wants, that's why he has shown you. You need to be bold. The Holy Spirit will give you the confidence and the boldness to pray by faith. You cannot generate faith without the Holy Spirit. He has to make the scripture come alive. And then you can pray with boldness. When you do that, the presence of God will multiply. And you will keep going. Keep going. You will keep going. Your hunger for the things of the spirit will grow. Now, Every time I sit there and listen to whoever is speaking, when I get to that door, I feel like a man that is in debt. Because God has spoken, and I have a debt to do what he has spoken. I don't go home waiting for next Sunday. Every time I leave that door, I go home like there will never be any other Sunday. And like that is the last word I had. I know I have a debt to linger in the presence of God. Until he tells me what the pastor meant and what is my role in what he said. God doesn't speak for entertainment, people. God speaks for results. God is not a motivational speaker. Trying to speak rhymes and things here and there to excite you, to go home feeling good. If you're in the spirit, you will pick up things in the spirit And run with them home. Home is where it happens. Your office is where it happens. Things don't happen just on Wednesday prayer night. Go and exercise. When you are with the spirit, you go and exercise prayer in your office. Prayer in your farm. Walk in the spirit. If you are a businessman, God will lead you and tell you things. Some you may not like. He may tell you, close that business because I didn't start it with you. And your empire will be threatened. But then he will give you ideas to businesses that will work for you. That will give you immense profits. I know in business we must do what we do. And what we must do. Sometimes we do not realize. The importance of God telling you what to do in business. Or even in life. Some of us, we just involve God in the tithes and the offerings. But we don't involve him in the 90% that remains. That's where your breakthrough is. You need more guidance on that. Because the tithe is gone anyway. 
The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. This one time, I left here just about to close. And I went to South Africa for an international prayer conference. And I met with, like, the who is who in the intercessory world. I mean men, great men, who had come with their own jets, people we don't know, we've never heard of, I've never heard them, of them anywhere. What really baffled me about those guys was, I slept next to their cottages, they never stopped praying. I believed God for an air ticket. They came with their own private jets. And they never stopped praying. At some point in the flesh, I was like, God, what problem could they be praying for? The Holy Spirit said, they have learned the secret of praying with the Holy Spirit. They keep going. Someone who came by their private jet, and you wouldn't know. They wouldn't mention it. And they looked simple, but very prayerful. All night, I'm waking up at free. They are, and they are not seizing. They are not like, they are just up there. And they are moving. I'm like, are these guys prayer machines or something? But that transformed my thinking. That I don't need to rely on the strength of my flesh. I will surrender myself to the Lord. I want us to do that today. Can we do that? Will we do that? Let's all stand up on our feet. Let me have the worship team. Don't even try to be spiritual. Just surrender yourself to the Lord. And let him do what he wants with you today. Just that. It's as simple as that. I have a feeling in my spirit that this is God's appointed time for you to have something happen in your life to draw you closer to God and to the spirit of the living God and to empower you for prayer. In these last days, the just shall live by faith. I know you have troubles, but just surrender yourself to the Spirit of God. He will guide you. He will guide you. Just lift up your hands before his presence. Let the Lord come upon you. Just surrender. Just lift up your hands and just glorify him. Just begin to speak to him. Speak in the spirit. Speak with other tongues. Just begin to pray. Just pray softly. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Let the Holy Spirit take you. Take your hand and walk with you in prayer right now. Let him do that. Let him just do that. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you. 
Thank you, Jesus. You're awesome. Your presence is awesome, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just lift up your hands before the Lord right now. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone that is hungry and thirsty for the Holy Spirit, that you will fill them today, right now, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will visit your people in this service, in their homes, in their own personal time, Lord, that you will reveal and manifest yourself by the Holy Spirit. Show them visions and dreams. Activate them for prayer and intercession in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will take over their spirit by your spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I destroy every barriers in the flesh that hinder anyone from accessing the, the levels of the spiritual world in the name of Jesus. The, the eternity realm in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, right now that the, the, the things, the giftings, the, the callings and the things that, Lord, you have deposited in the lives of your people, the kingdom treasures that you have put in them, that they may be active right now under this anointing, in this presence, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that your people will grow in the things of the Spirit, that they will pursue the things of the Spirit that they will conquer in the spirit everything, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed right now. Be healed right now. Let that pain go in the name of Jesus. Let that foot be healed in the name of Jesus. That leg be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed right now. Every pain is leaving you. Every disease is leaving you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every struggle is leaving you right now in the name of Jesus. Under the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus mighty name. Every struggle in the spirit. Every struggle financially. Every struggle in understanding the things of the spirit. Or even getting a revelation from the word of God. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. There's some, some three people here, you can hear God speaking to you directly. And my voice is not even as clear as his voice is to you right now. The Lord has opened your life in the name of Jesus. Just take it. Receive it. It's yours in the name of Jesus. God is opening your spiritual ears and eyes to walk in the spirit and to dwell under the shadows of the almighty. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift up your hands and thank him. He's right here. He's right here. He's so strongly here. Some of you can just feel the reality. Of the Holy Spirit. He saw really in this service to you. Thank you Lord. Some of you young people feel the, the love for God. The love for the Holy Spirit. Just keep walking in that. And you will see the wonders of the almighty God in your life. Thank you Lord. 
I hear the spirit of the Lord saying that I'm looking for ready vessels that I can use for the purposes of your father. To be used in such a time like this, the eternal purposes of God shall be revealed to my people and it shall become even clearer and clearer as you you take time to pray and to join in the intercessions of the head of the church, Jesus Christ. You see, you realize that all your existence on this earth is about my purposes and my will. And nothing to do with the will of the flesh. For you are born of the spirit. And when that becomes clear in your spirit. Clear in your mind and in your your day to day life. You realize that there is much more for you to experience in this life. Than you have ever known. You see, your Redeemer said this, I have come that you may have life and have have it more abundantly. No, this is not known in the realm of the flesh. This is known in the realm of the spirit. By those who walk and live for my purposes and my plans and availing themselves as vessels to be used for the purposes of the eternal one on this earth in such a time as this. So yield yourself as you've had this day. Yield your life and surrender it all for the purposes and for the will of the almighty one, your creator, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yield on a daily basis. And many times it will begin as confessions of faith, but of hearts, a heart that has been submitted to the will of the Father, and just saying, Lord, I do surrender to you. Lord, I want to live for you. Lord, I want to do your will. Lord, I don't want just to live my life. I want you to live through me and do your will through me on this earth. And if that becomes your purpose and your desire, you'll realize a lifting up, you'll realize the abundant life that he came to give to you and you would have entered into a place of rest where everything is provided for through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, again lift up your hands and let's say it, Lord, I surrender to you. Just lift your hands and tell him Speak those words by faith. 
Can I tell you something? You've lived your own life and you know what it is to be struggling. Nothing moving forward. But what about if you start living for him and say, Father, I live for you. I want you. Just tell him, Father, thank you for your holy presence here today. And for the utterance of your spirit concerning your will and your purposes. Thank you for these vessels. Thank you for the stirring up in the spirit. For your will and your will only. In Jesus name.